Do you equate accomplishment with effort? Far too often that was my belief. It wasn't intentional. I was unaware that was what I was doing. It was a habitual pattern that our culture seems to cultivate. No pain, no gain. That if we work hard enough, we will accomplish our goals. And that's not necessarily true. Sure, applying yourself, setting forth a plan, being dedicated and committed to your goals are important. But how you conduct yourself to implement your path to your goal, difficulties included, should not be full of struggle and frustration. This podcast is about how you respond to your physical and mental roadblocks and setbacks that slow your progress or even prevent you from achieving your goals. This was me in all aspects of my life. I was working harder than necessary and burning out. I was quite proud of my six-pack abs and my overall fitness in my 20s and 30s. I felt strong, but I lacked power. Effort meant I was doing something, more effort, trying harder, analyzing what was or wasn't working was my go-to strategy. Working hard, as many of us are told to do in order to achieve, was my life. My hard work meant I was working towards my goals. If something wasn't working, I tried harder with more effort. I ended up addicted to the struggle, and I wasn't very efficient. So I was working harder than I needed to. Exhaustion and muscle soreness were common. I accepted the effort because I didn't know that there were better ways to function. And I continued to struggle because I was finding some level of success reinforcing my way of doing things. Everything from chucking hay bales, digging fence posts, and rotting, the more perceived effort I put into something, the more I thought I was accomplishing. I was proud of my hard work, but it limited me. And I struggled a lot. Working hard was a badge of honor. I accomplished things, but quite often I got in my own way, impeding my progress. This is how I struggled physically. I also struggled emotionally. I knew not to get angry and frustrated, but I had to work hard to not be emotional. I got so stuck with a multi-year plateau with my riding, I wanted to quit. I just didn't know how. Letting go of my goals and dreams to simply ride for fun seemed boring and no fun at all. I almost laugh at it now, but the memory of making a plan, getting on my horse, and after five minutes finding myself in the middle of the arena crying because I believe I had tried everything to improve and hadn't a clue on what to try next. This was repeated for months if I managed to drag myself onto my horse. Now, although my dreams still exist, I don't concern myself with where I am relative to my dreams. And I see this often. Riders that are always doing and struggling to achieve. The struggle is proof they've worked hard at what they're doing. Yet they don't progress the way they expect. The struggle keeps riders focused on the wrong things and keeps them from from taking a more effective, positive, more optimistic path. And that's often when I get riders as students. They are frustrated and they come to me as a last resort. And it doesn't need to be that way. 
Finding success through ease is possible. Hello, I'm Suzanne DiStefano. I teach riders to learn how to sense and observe to find functional movement and clarity of thought for better riding. An example where riders learn to accept struggling is when they first start riding. Too often beginners are faced with developing their seats and controlling the horse simultaneously. They have to try to learn how to steer, use leg aids, and work on their position. Low hands, heels down, shoulders back, get the horse moving, etc., etc., when they are struggling with basic balance on a moving horse, creating a lot of tension. They are told with a shutdown horse to kick harder, pull harder, and many times horses suffer and lose training. Riders build bad habits with too much kicking, pulling, and bracing, plus too much acceptance of struggle and effort. There is a way to teach that allows for more ease. You need to understand functional movement, have a good eye for function, and the creativity to help riders learn. Be aware easy changes and effortlessness do not reflect lack of progress. If you're used to doing and working hard, Skills that arrive with ease, seemingly out of nowhere, may not be appreciated or even noticed and can be met with skepticism. However, they're not all quick fixes. Sometimes effortlessness requires some time, inquiry, and reflection. And that brings up acceptance of change and allowing the unfamiliar to be processed and accepted. Riders with mileage that have invested time, effort, and invested a lot of money for lessons may resist letting go of some hard-earned skill, now an ingrained habit that is detrimental to function and possibly safety. An example is a rider that had trouble not bouncing at the sitting trot and canter. I had her lighten the weight in her stirrups as she was actively pushing down into them. She didn't like that her leg was no longer still. She didn't understand that her leg moving was only a stage and that she needed to find a different, more functional way to quiet her leg. Her sitting trot and canter were much better though, but she focused on how her leg was now moving too much. It was an easy, quick fix, but she discounted the validity because she lost something she coveted. She didn't understand that there, were, there was more to change in her alignment that would quiet her leg once again without her losing the gain she had just easily found to sit the trot in the canner. And there are times that you need to let go of things you worked long and hard to achieve if they don't really serve you. This rider was using too much tension to keep her legs still. I know that happened to me. I couldn't let go of a training approach that was limiting my experience. I rode in a clinic with a well-known rider an Olympic, an Olympic competitor, she had me slow down and not chase my horse. And I don't recall the details because I completely discounted her advice. I could not fathom losing what I perceived as forward, especially since my regular instructor was also a well-known rider, trainer, and Olympic competitor that was happy with my progress. I believe now I missed out on an opportunity to consider and explore something that was unfamiliar to me and a lot of and I missed out on a lot of learning. Her approach did not fit in with my image of how to ride nor 
how I was being taught by the expert I was working with at that time. And that clinic was at a time when I was competing on average, not fancy horses successfully, from training through third level. My success in the show ring reinforced my belief I was doing well. But I soon found myself stuck. I needed to open my mind to something I didn't understand, a different method, step outside my comfort zone and investigate something I didn't quite believe. I had to examine something with an opposing view. And only after the injury of my own horse did I shift my focus. I found a trainer that had me slow down. I recall thinking to myself, I can always go back to how I was riding. And short of a rare revisit of my old methods, I didn't look back. It opened doors in a new way. I was finding success in my training. My horses were making progress that previously was elusive. But even with my new approach to riding and training for balance and straightness, I found progress limited. I was still frustrated and confused and had difficulty controlling my emotions. I was digging deep, but not finding my way. And that's when I started my Feldenkrais training and eventually discovered to change my horse, I had to change me. I had to find the unfamiliar to improve my function, improve my ability to sense and observe. To improve my ability to break down difficulties into smaller pieces and this meant when I met with a challenge I observed, sensed, and slowed down with no judgment. It was a process of learning how to move myself with greater ease in my Feldenkrais training that allowed me to develop those better strategies. I easily applied those strategies and principles of my Feldenkrais to my riding. They transferred well. Skills of slowing down, sensing, and observing meant that frustration, anger, and negative emotions minimized so they almost never emerged. I no longer had to suppress my emotions. I could allow myself to be confused or not know an answer and still be calm. Often you hear advice that negative emotions of anger, frustration, or confusion don't belong when interacting with horses. That certainly is true. The typical advice on how to stop those emotions include count to 10, do something else, leave it for another day, focus on breathing, etc., etc. Those are strategies that often fall short. They do not change how you manage difficulties. They simply distract or delay working through the tough spots. Those willful attempts to suppress negative emotions are not reliable. You are reacting as anger and frustration have already shown up. You're trying to suppress them and control them as they emerge or even after they've emerged. What if I tell you you can totally avoid the need to suppress anger and frustration? Your ability to slow down, sense, and observe are powerful abilities. Slowing down gives you time to sense, allowing different options and curiosity to emerge. For example, I'm helping someone now with a horse that holds too much tension. In his pre-purchase exam, it was reported a circle to the right had him backing up instead of circling. The use of the whip had the same response. If you tried to get behind him to get him to go forward, he would show how fast he was and run back even faster. Under saddle, he was quick, over tempo, and unbalanced with a tendency to fall through his right shoulder. His backward tendency was quite ingrained, so being reactive would not work with this horse. 
and it certainly wouldn't build trust. I had to experiment and gauge how to react to how he reacted to my slightest movement. I was curious to what made sense to him. I varied my approach with my whip, with my placement next to him, and adjusted what I did as he began to understand my requests. There were times simp I simply lifted the whip, times I held the whip gently on his hindquarters, or sometimes very light taps just to get his attention. It was a varied approach with clear intent and timing to reward any good response. I was so involved in the process that frustration and confusion never overwhelmed me nor create, created any negative emotions. There was nothing to suppress or manage within myself. Over time, he's become more relaxed and forgiving, and he is now changing his movement patterns, becoming straighter and better balanced both in hand and under saddle. So when you struggle and feel frustrated and confused, here are some skills that help you avoid falling into the trap of negative emotions. Stay present and in the present. Have a clear intention, but be willing to compromise. Use different strategies and have a solid understanding of good function. Don't discount things that come easily. Working hard does not necessarily equate with accomplishments. The sense of ease is a good sense. Good. The sensation of ease is a good thing. Learn to recognize and accept it. Hone your sensory and observation skills. Your ability to observe is heightened when you slow down or pause. Noticing sensations allows you to recognize potential, however fleeting. And this feeds intuition. If you believe you lack intuition, this is how you start to create that ability or enhance what you already have. Find what's easy. Improve what's already good. I was good at hand digging fence posts, but I was working too hard. I now know how to make my digging bar work for me. It's more efficient and I'm not overexerting myself as much and stressing out my joints. Notice where you hold tension or where there's too much effort. This can be difficult because tension and effort may be how you always do things. It's familiar to you, so you may not notice it, but it is part of struggling unnecessarily. Learn to love the confusion. And confusion certainly gets one's attention. It's not the confusion that causes negative reactions. It's how you react to confusion. Sure, frustration and anger are possible reactions, but there is a choice. Confusion can also bring about curiosity, creativity, and innovation. The latter choices come from a non-judgmental place consisting of observation, being present, and reflection. An interesting example was in my process of learning to straighten my horse. I was fairly good at improving straightness, but there was still more to accomplish. I found myself at the point where it wasn't clear what I was doing. I didn't have any words or thoughts to explain my actions. I was following a path that had potential. I just couldn't put words or thoughts together to describe what I was doing. Basically, my mind was blank. I was riding by the seat of my pants. I, it was a state of confusion, but somehow it made sense to me to keep going on that path. It was pure intuition within that state of confusion. Somehow I put pieces together and eventually found clarity on creating a better, aligned, straighter horse.
Which brings me to a quote about confusion. Norbert Weiner said, I know I'm making progress because I'm confused at a much higher level now. That quote illustrates an acceptance. There's no judgment of a difficulty, only observation. Your ability to shift your focus to observation and sensing to come to that place where your curiosity and creativity are allowed to emerge. If you say you're not creative, start by working on yourself. You may be surprised. And putting together this podcast was difficult. I was drawn to the idea but found it hard to express my, my thoughts. Even though my transformation from much struggle to staying present and figuring out my way through difficulties is my new reality, the way I operate is a tough concept to explain clearly. It required writing down my ideas and reflecting upon the muddle of words until those words explained how it worked. I recorded what I thought would be the, pod, the final podcast. Only when I went back to listen, there were ideas that lacked clarity. So back to editing and re-recording. And that happened two times. I hope I accomplished my goal and you can easily follow my thoughts. And I got through it without throwing my computer across the room or even the need to suppress the urge to do so. Hard work with struggle is not a badge of honor. Embrace what's easy. Thanks for listening. Please don't hesitate to reach out with questions or comments or to get on my newsletter list. My email is info at And until next time, enjoy your time with your horse.